Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Obaluski. As we approach, in just a few weeks, our 200th episode, how's it going, John? Hey, Jim. Uh, it's good, and I, I'm so excited that we have been together. It'll be for 200 episodes. Just... Uh, it's been a, a fun journey, an amazing journey. And yes. uh, what's really been the most satisfying for me, other than our friendship, which is really the top thing for me yeah. out of this, yeah. is the number of notes, texts, yeah. messages we get from all over the world, yeah. which is shocking to me. Yeah. All over the world, uh, people that love the pod and are learning and being encouraged and challenged. And so I'm doing good. Yeah. I just, I feel uh, so excited that we've made it this far. And, yeah. uh, and so here we are. Here we are. So today we begin our five top countdown and today is number five. Can you give us yes. a little hint about what this is going to be? Yeah. Uh, this is episode 196 and uh, the top, five, the fifth most popular pod that we ever recorded was when leadership squeezes you. Right on. And, uh, you know, as we go to uh, this episode, you know, lead pastoring, I believe, is quite possibly the ultimate bench vice. Yes, it is. Yeah, I agree. You know, there, there's, there's yeah. this there's lingering sense of weight coupled with the messiness of people and the seemingly unrelenting demands of the role. And, yeah. and altogether, it's, it, it, it just is this perfect storm of pressure yeah. that squeezes every lead pastor yes. uh, and some more than others. But here's the good news that when difficulties uh, and challenges emerge, all is not lost. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, something good is likely on the horizon. Yeah. And, uh, and so with that in mind, Jim, you know, uh, my hope is that our, our listeners and watchers will really enjoy this episode replay. Yeah. And, and as you enjoy this, if you have comments besides, gee, Jim used to have more hair and was thinner, please feel free to leave your comments on there. God bless you guys. Enjoy this. Our fifth, our fifth most listened to out of 200 podcasts when leadership squeezes you. Yeah. So uh, the subject, uh, the topic is uh, entitled when leadership squeezes you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, I think I think the Bible really has given us uh, plenty of examples, right, of leaders yeah. who God squeezed uh, very yeah. tightly, and uh, and what came out of them, and sometimes what came out of them was pretty good, and sometimes what came out wasn't so hot. Yeah. Um, uh, I was thinking back as I was getting ready for this. I was thinking back to my my uh, twenty years in the corporate world, Jim, and. Yeah. Uh, we talked a lot in the corporate world, believe it or not, about the 80-20 rule. Of, have you ever heard of that? The yeah, I, I never heard of it. We we observe it all the time. It seems to be somewhat universal. Yeah, that 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 had its foundation uh, with an Italian gentleman named Perito. His last name was uh, Perito. Yeah. And uh, he observed this principle in Italy. And uh, it became known, it, it became assigned his name, and, it, and it's the, we call it the 80-20 rule. Uh, yeah. It's also called the Pareto Principle. Yeah. And in the corporate arena, essentially, it was 80% of work is completed by 20% of your team. 
80% yeah. of your revenue comes from 20% of your clients. Yeah. 80% of your complaints come from 20%. Of your <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, um, and as I was preparing for today, I was thinking about another principle uh, in scripture and I, I call it the 50, 20 okay. principle, but it has nothing to do with ratios. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's there's this fascinating scripture in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Uh, and it captures the words of Joseph, who is one of Jacob's 12 sons. This is such a well-known story. I think everybody who's listening has probably heard this story. Yeah. And in, in that verse of scripture, Joseph says to his brothers who threw him into a pit and then sold him into slavery because they were jealous of him. Right. Uh, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good right. to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Right. And, you know, so often as a leader, I think when challenges come our way, Jim, when trouble comes our way, um, there can be this tendency to not be able to see any good coming from it right or god why are you doing this to me why are you letting this happen i've heard i've actually heard this week it's monday right i've already heard that yeah Um, (laughs) this week from a leader like god how could you let this happen to me and and what we think as a bad thing uh, in the uh at the beginning right god is just this amazing genius who takes that and he allows us to be squeezed because he's got something wonderful that he wants to bring out the other side of that process. Right. Um, right. I, I'm pretty sure you've experienced that in oh, your personal yeah. life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's called a testimony, right? The, yeah. the worst things that ever happened to me once redeemed become some of the most treasured possessions in my soul. Uh, if it hadn't been for that season, I wouldn't be able to do this season sort of sort of things. Yeah. And, and I think that that belief that God is able to take all things and and make them into something good when we love him or called according to his purposes, that that takes a lot of faith. When you're in the middle of the recipe, yeah. you know, when you're when you're making cookies and you have a mouthful of lard, that's not a cookie. That's not what I wanted. A mouthful of salt and a mouthful of baking powder and a mouthful of flour. Like cookies are terrible. And then you, know, you put in the chocolate chips and the brown sugar and the molasses and it, and then you bake them. And there's this beautiful thing called the chocolate chip cookie, but it's made out of individual pieces that are unpalatable, you know, as, as they go into the bowl. Yeah. And I think if I, if I respect anybody in the old Testament, it would be Joseph, right? Because oh, he had a lot of curveballs thrown at him, right? His, his brothers are jealous of him. He's daddy's favorite. They, they throw him into this pit. They sell him into slavery. They tell their dad that he had been killed. Um, I mean, think about how would you like to grow up in that family, right? Just the yeah, right. <laughs> 11 siblings that don't like you. Um, and he ends up in Egypt, right? And he gets to, somehow he, he gets to Potiphar's house. Maybe Potiphar bought him uh, as a servant and he excels there and but things don't go well there. Potiphar's wife right. tries to seduce him and he, he runs away from her and she lies about the whole thing and yeah. he gets tossed into prison. Yeah. He excels in prison. <laughs> uh, he finally gets out of prison and he becomes second in command. Right. Yeah. And it's just this amazing story of a guy who 
who was squeezed, right? Joseph got squeezed by his family. He got squeezed by the uh, false accusations, you know, and I know that never really happens to leaders, right? That just, (laughs) we can't relate, right? No, it has to be true. They won't put it on social media. That's, that's the way it is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, and there's something fascinating that's repeated several times as that story unfolds. And it's these words, the Lord was with him. Yeah. Wow. The Lord was with Joseph. And, um, and it's, it's just this amazing story of a guy that took a lot of hits and he came out, uh, polished. He came out a great leader and he didn't allow the squeezing to destroy him. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, it set him up to be second in command and, um, God used him to save uncounted lives right through a famine because the Lord showed him that famine was on the way. Just an incredible story, right? Incredible story. Yeah. It's funny. I hear a story like that. So why, why couldn't, um, why couldn't have you gone to Egypt and gotten a job and, right. and just gone to work him in the vice president? Why did That's all how I would have done it? I would, yeah. You know, if I was God, I would have done it like that. That just makes yeah. more sense. It's more logical. It's faster. Right. Right. There must, there must be something. I mean, it certainly is a foreshadowing of Jesus. And certainly is a lesson to everybody that thinks they've, they've got it so bad. And you mm-hmm. compare your life to his and suddenly your older brothers look pretty good. Yeah. You know, your boss looks pretty good. Your government looks pretty good. Your, you know, the injustice doesn't look nearly as unjust. But I, I, think, I think there's something that God does that he can only do, right? Through the fires, through the trials, through the betrayals. I, I think all those dots connect at one time or another as they did in Joseph's life. And yeah. if, you, if you give up in the middle as God's drawn the dots, you never get to see the, the picture, you know? Yeah. And, and so that 50-20 principle, you, yeah. know, you intended it for evil, yeah. but God intended it for good. Here's the way I paraphrase that. Yeah. Um, it's that God can transform our brokenness and pain into something life-giving and good if, if we cooperate with him. Yeah. yeah. And so when, when leadership squeezes you, I want you to know, and I think, Jim, you would echo this, all is not lost. Right. As a matter of fact, something good is probably on the horizon. Yeah. Um, but, but it's hard to see that uh, when you're in the middle of, of the vice. And, and I'm telling you, lead pastoring is the ultimate, at least in my life, the, was the ultimate bench vice. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. You know, Jim, there's just the, there's a lot of things that squeeze a pastor, right? There's, there's that, just that ongoing sense of weight and responsibility in the room, right? There's, uh, so, and I said earlier, sometimes we get accused improperly, you know, like our motives, people question our motives. Sometimes they question our, our behavior. Um, sometimes people expect lead pastors to be proficient in 15 things. Yeah. And, yeah. And you can get squeezed, right, just by the demands of the role. And, and I think that it's not difficult for a lead pastor, especially. And in, in, in I think the squeezing happens on not just in the lead pastor role. It happens in the other roles, too. But I've never I've had other roles in a yeah. church. Lead pastor role is very unique in that sense of pressure that I, I felt that. Jim, would you agree with that? Was that your I, I would. I, I think that when you're the senior pastor, everything is your your responsibility on some level. 
So youth pastors, certainly they have parents, they have a boss, they have the boss's board, they have, you know, but they don't have the overall budget. They don't have the overall board. They don't have the overall congregation. They, you know, if they're really good at what they do and they're passionate about it, they, they think that they're being treated poorly because why does the children's pastor get what I didn't get? And mm-hmm. you're, you're stuck really juggling as many balls as you can, spinning as many plates as you can, and then trying to come home and be a husband and a father or, a, you know, a mother and a wife. It's, right. it is, uh, I, I think the problem is it's absolutely endless. And, and we have to have enough common sense to end it. Like, as you've taught many times to end it, there's a, there's a hard cut. I'm done at this time of the day. I go home with this attitude. I, I, I separate those worlds, but it, it's, it's, it's more natural not to. That's why you have to teach us to do it <laughs> because yeah. naturally we would want to continue to work and, and destroy other things around us. So it, it is, it's a weight like none other. And really that's me soft selling it because if you think about what we're actually doing, it is an eternal consequence or an eternal reward for those. Yep. Um, it's healing or death. It's deliverance or addiction. It's right. heaven or hell. And there, there is, it's not making a quota on sales. It's not manufacturing a new widget. It, it's a, it's an illegal all by itself. And I think that's where we have to be very careful not right. to believe that we do what only God can do. And we trust him to do what we can't and go yeah. home at the end of the day, you know? So, so the question I think, or what I'd really like us to focus on in the last several minutes that we have here, Jim, is, you know, how do I cooperate with God, right? In this process of him squeezing me yeah. and, and him trying to bring something beautiful out of that. I mean, we know God will do his part. I mean, he is absolutely ultimately trustworthy and yes. we know that he'll, he'll do his part in the equation. Uh, but I don't know that I always can count on me to do my part. And um, so I want to talk about what our part is in that equation. So when leadership is squeezing us, yeah. and we know in a, conceptually, okay, God, you're up to something. You're trying to grow something in me, help me to develop and mature. How do I cooperate in that process? Because right. if I don't cooperate, I don't think I get the benefit. Right. And we get to do it all over again sometime soon. Oh, yes. I know. And uh, <laughs> right. I've done I've, I've run around the same mountain several times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not getting things. taller. It's not getting taller. We're just burning a rut. You know, it's where <laughs> our path is getting deeper. The mountain's not getting taller. So let I just want to share real quick four things I think that will help us Great. Um, as leaders to do our part. So here's the first one is to tell ourselves out loud. That God is with us, even when we're being squeezed. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, th- that phrase "the Lord was with Joseph" appeared while he was in it, while he was in prison. Right. The Lord right. was with Joseph even in that horrible spot, and yeah. and God reassures us in Hebrews. He says, "I'll never leave you, I'll mm-hmm. never forsake you." And and there were times as a lead pastor, Jim, where I was being squeezed so tight that I felt as though God wasn't with me, right? right? It, I didn't have the emotion of his nearness to me, but the truth is he was there the entire time. Sure. Even when I thought you've left me out here to get beat up by people or yeah. beat up by the rule. So uh, that's the first thing. What do you think about that one? I, I think that our brains do not respond well when, when what neuroscientists call cognitive dissonance, when yeah. what I'm doing does not make sense. 
So yeah. what you have to have is something they call continuity of narrative. It, it has to all make sense. So there's moments that don't make sense, but they all, but, but affirming that this all makes sense, that God is able to take all things, you know, that God is with me, that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it, that I am the head and not the tail, that I'm the apple of God's eye. He's carved me in the palm of his hand. I, those, yeah. I mean, you see what David does. He says, my life is terrible. My enemies are prospering. This isn't any fair, but I will praise your name for you are worthy and I will trust mm-hmm. you. You know, I think, I think it's okay to, to sing the blues as long as you end with worship um, yeah. before God. So that if you don't, then it's just the blues and, right. and you, that's not good for anybody, but to but, but confess your pain is, is proper. Yeah. And sometimes I need somebody to remind me too. Um, yeah. I need, yeah. I need you in my life, Jim, to tell me it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That you, you see the fingerprints of God on what's going on in, in my situation. I was just having a conversation uh, uh, today with a young pastor. You're just going through it, just really going through it, Jim. And as I listened to his story, it reminded me of my story. I, I, you became a lead pastor at age 29. I became a lead pastor at age 29, very young age. And um, just the Uh, I could, and because of that experience that we went through, and I have a lot of years on this young man, I see the fingerprints of God on this thing. Now he's looking at it like, this is a disaster. (laughs) Yeah. Get me out of here type of thing. Get me out of this, what I'm in. And I'm saying, God is up to something in your life. Yeah. That is going to be wonderful when you can look at it through the rear view mirror. Right. But he's with you. He's not abandoned you. In this. Right. So I think that's one thing. That's part of our part is to say and that. I think it's too. That helps. But I think the painful stuff deserves a reaction, but the mm-hmm. painful stuff can't be your, your conclusion. The conclusion mm-hmm. has to be faith. So it, it's okay to say I'm confused. I'm scared. I'm frustrated. I'm discouraged, God. But, you know, that's saying it out loud. But I know that you are with me. I know that yep. you sent me here. I know that I'm standing on promises. I know that, you know, I... I won't, I will finish someday, but I will not quit. I, I promise I give you my word as you've given me yours. I will be faithful to that. I think those confessions, I, I think, again, you say, this doesn't hurt. It's no big deal. I'll get through this. Well, it, it does hurt. Mm-hmm. You might not get through this if that's the way you're going to deal with it. But being honest with God, with yourself, with a counselor, with a friend, um, but, but then also, but it has to end. Every, the natural inclination of complaints because of pain is normal. It just can't be your conclusion. There has to be a better conclusion. That conclusion is, but isn't God faithful? I wonder how he's going to take all these ingredients and make chocolate chip cookies out of it. Yeah. So I think that's a really important part of the of our part yeah. of the puzzle here. Second one is to maintain maintain integrity when it would be easy not to. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So you know, Joseph. Let's use him as the example. He refuses the sexual advances of Potiphar's wife. Yeah. And you know, I think in that moment he could have told himself when Mrs. Potiphar was throwing herself at him. Uh, you know, God, I've had it rough. You gave me these dreams that said that at one time, my brothers would be bowing down to me. My, yeah. my, even my parents would be bowing down to me. Um, and look, look what's happened to me. So what difference, God, does it make if I resist this temptation or not? Right. Well, he didn't do that. Right. He did a 180 and he ran away from her. And for this 50-20 principle to work, it's so important not to cave into our disappointment, our, our, our pain, our anger and say, God, you've, you know, you've not treated me right. So 
This, this scenario has presented itself to me. Why does it matter? Joseph didn't do that. Right. He maintained his integrity. I think that's an important piece of the puzzle. I, I think too, if you're looking for justice, this is everything in my life has been unfair. So if, if yeah. you're going to victimize me by buying me as a slave, I'm going to victimize you by destroying your marriage. And mm-hmm. that, you know, that's what you get for messing with me kind of thing. Really great but, point. Yeah. He, he, to maintain the honor of that man's marriage when that man bought him as a slave. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, he's a pretty extraordinary guy. It really is incredible. You know, and I've never really thought about it from that angle. And that just, that just adds more impressiveness, you know, to what, yeah. what happened there. Let me give you the other two real quick, Jim, because yeah. we're starting to butt up against time. Okay. Um, at the third piece of our, uh, our responsibility in these kinds of situations when we're being squeezed is to believe our steps are ordered by God. Now we already kind of t- touched on that. Yeah. But it was so fascinating to me. Every time I read this, I get refascinated all over again. When Joseph's, Joseph's brothers came to him for food, he, he said this to him. He said, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God. <laughs> yeah. And I want to go back to the people in my past mm-hmm. who I allowed to mistreat me yeah. and say, you know what? You thought you were doing me wrong, and you were. Yeah. But God had another plan in mind. He used that to squeeze brokenness out of my life. Yeah. And I'm doing today what I'm doing because I got hurt and I was wounded yeah. by people that shouldn't, I, I felt should have not done that to me. Yeah. Um, and my, so I can see the beautiful ordering of my steps of God, even through my pain. You know, so for Jim, when I was in the darkest days, of my depression, um, I felt cut off from God, but, but I wasn't, you know, I thought my life was over, but it wasn't over. Um, I, in the middle of that dark tunnel, I saw no possible good coming from it, but God had this amazing plan, um, that I had no clue about in the middle of all that mess. Uh, Give me a, give me some feedback on that one real quick. And you just come again. I how do you how do you teach somebody that you, you know how, how does one prisoner look at another and say, but hey, th- isn't this great? This is going to be a, something that God uses for the rest of our life. I I think there has to be an overall trust, like you're saying, in the faithfulness of God, mm-hmm. um, and that He's ordering your steps because you know no discipline seems pleasant at the time, right? Or painful, but for those who've been trained by it, it produces this harvest that comes later on. So basic training was not a joy for me, you know, for the mm-hmm. army, but, it, but it's, it's born dividends the rest of my life, 30 some years later, learning that I, where I, what I thought my limits were, were not even close to my limits and remembering that in every relationship and every training scenario. And ever, ever since I realized that when I'm, when pain tells me to stop, I'm only about halfway there if you've pushed well enough. So I, I, I think you know, my, my wife had a really terrible childhood and, um, uh, she was, she was telling me the other day, this the other day, like years ago, the older you get, the more the other day is a decade ago. But the other day, she said, I, I, I wish I saw, I wish I had a time machine. I could go back and rescue you from that. She goes, oh, I, if you ever make a time machine, don't do that. Because that was what, that was the crucible where, where things were purified. I now have abilities. I can tell when people are lying because I lied to people for years about what was happening in my home. I, I, I know when people are hurting and they're, they're, they're masking it because I would live behind a mask. I, I would have no ability to help people the way that I get to today if it hadn't been for living the hell that I went through. And I, I, I remember going, what? She's like, yeah, if you've been a time machine, don't change my life. 
it's what God used to make me me. And I, I get to, you know, help people with, it. I, I was, I get it, but I, you know, love says rescue them. And, and Jesus yeah. did, he rescued her and now she's rescuing others. You know, that's. And I want leaders to hear that. Yeah. That I know that there are some listening today and you were going through a very difficult time. Yeah. Right. Look, if you belong to Jesus, your steps are ordered. Yeah. It might not feel like it. It might not look like it. It might not play out the way you had originally planned, but God has something amazing that he wants to craft out of your pain yes. Yes. and use it to make you more effective, a better person, a deeper person, yeah. uh, a more complete character. So hang in there, uh, yeah. get help if you need it. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with raising your hand saying, I need help processing this stuff. But, but I'm telling you, God is the master. He does this every day, yeah. thousands of times a day. <laughs> he does this all the time. Let me give you one more, Jim, and then we got we to gotta, yeah. rock and roll. Uh, here's the last one. You're not going to like it if you're listening today, but I'm going to say it anyway. And that is forgive those who've hurt you. Yes. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I think I can hear people objecting to that saying, John, you don't know, Jim, you don't know what that board member did to me. Right. You don't know what that church member said to me. Yeah. And you know what? You're right. We don't know. Yeah. But here's what we do know. That bitterness will imprison you. Yeah. In your pain, forgiveness will propel you. Yeah. Not only toward healing, it will propel you toward your future. It will propel propel you towards that dream God has placed yeah. in your heart. You know, Joseph eventually forgave his brothers yeah. and I'm sure it took him time to get there. I don't think that was an in instantaneous thing necessarily. I think it took him some time and process. Um, and I don't know if he had outside help other than the Lord. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us yeah. if he did or not, but if you're struggling to process things that have happened to you that were injurious, get some help. Right. Um, and, 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 and if I could say one more thing, Jim, and I'm going to have you wrap this up here before, if you're listening today, before you move on with your day, would you pause for a minute and invite God to do a 50, 20 on your greatest pain? And then ask him to take that squeezing you're, you're dealing with and transform it into something life giving and good. You know, Joseph's brokenness was transformed into his legacy. Yes. And that was the saving of many lives. Yeah. That's, you know, the, the book that we wrote together, uh, putting the good in goodbye. One of the greatest pains that pastors face is when people say, see ya, or they, they don't say, see ya, they just take off. And you wonder, you know, I went to that open house. I, I paid your mortgage. I counseled your marriage. And then, you know, there's a new McDonald's in town. So you, you stop eating here. You know, that kind of thing. It's, it's painful, but I, that it's, that's the sort of thing we're talking about, isn't it? It's, it's that you and I both experienced a lot of pain through the years, learned how to deal with that pain. And now we go back to help other people coming through pain. I, it reminds me of 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, the, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we can comfort others with the same comfort that we've received. That's right. Now, I will not be able to take many things with me to heaven. I won't take these glasses. I won't take this shirt. I won't take that bulldog over there. You know what I mean? But I, I will take the comfort that God gave me in this life. And it's mine forever. It's my testimony. It's what he's done in my life. And that cannot begin when I still behave as if I have the right to be God. I will bring justice. I will bring vengeance. I will bring right. 
It just, when you make room for God, he's just so much better at being God than I ever was. Uh, yep. Eventually you have to resign from the positions that are his alone. And I, I, it, it's funny. It's almost a somber. Like we need to have organ music playing in the background, right? The altar call. Is that good? This is hard though. The yeah. hardest part about pastoring is people because mm-hmm. they, they hurt you. Um, and yet, Man, to move forward, sometimes you have to let go of the past. There's no other way forward. You can go no farther into the future than you can let go of the past. That's right. That's so good. Well, we hope that you enjoyed the rehearing that. For many of you heard it before. It was one of our most popular podcasts ever. But um, as we come out of this, John, would you just kind of recap this in in, in the the 2023 way for us? us? Give us kind of an encapsulation of what we just listened to. Sure. Well, we hope that it's been very encouraging to you, um, uh, practical for you. Uh, Here's a few things that that we'd like you to draw from it. Uh, As we've pondered this material now for a long time, remember that what you learn from pain often becomes your greatest ministry and legacy. I I am witness to that. Yeah. Um, We wouldn't be doing what we're doing without there being an incredible season of pain uh, in in my life uh, as a young guy. Secondly, refuse to let bitterness poison the well. Yeah, right on. You know, don't let it get in the way of what God is trying to do in you and then through you. And then the last piece here, because this is a real real thing. You can feel stuck Mm. in the role and the pressure can feel like it's something you can't get out from under right. and and you don't know what to do sometimes or who you can talk to, but you know, like who's safe. Right. Well, we want we want to let you know. You know, yeah. get a coach. Yeah. Find a coach. Find a qualified coach who can help you process where you yeah. are and help you get unstuck. So, Jim, that would be the thoughts I have. Right. On. This John, thank you. This is our our number five out of our top five episodes. Next week, we come back to number four. And then the week after that, number three, number two, and then the number one most listened to podcast, most watched podcast of the last 200. So God bless you, our dear listeners and watchers. We are cheering for you and we'll see you again next week as you continue to lead from alignment.